You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the Water Garden Wizard, Guru of Goldfish, King of Corn, Lord of Lilies, Plumbing Pro, Maven of Moth, Outside Lace, Connoisseur of Clarity, Aquatic Aficionado, the one and only Prince of Hello, this is Ken Jones. Welcome to our podcast radio show number eight, what I like to call our podcast, a production of the new Ornamental Water Feature Academy. I am the Prince of Ponds. Come join us down at the pool, because court is now in session. Today we are going to enjoy some of what I think of as water garden music. That's tiki music, island, surf, jungle, Hawaiian, and Polynesian music that is the world of Tiki Brian and his exotic Tiki Island podcast. But first, I have a couple of announcements. I invite you to listen in on our new podcast, Pet Tech. Pet Tech is available for your listening pleasure at PetLifeRadio.com. Pet parents who listen to Pet Tech also get to win free pet merchandise. It's fun and easy. Be sure to join in. I am thrilled to be able to bring you this show, to have fun while answering your most pressing questions. Send them to me by email at ken at com. I will answer back by email, and I may use your question on the program. As with my prior episodes, there are wonderful photos and additional information available for you on the episode show notes page on our website. Articles on related topics can also be found on our website library. Visit ornamentalwaterfeatureacademy.com or princeofponds.com. Both addresses take you to the same place where the Prince of Ponds podcast lives. Prince of Ponds will be right back after these messages. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Now, our feature topic, Tiki Brian and his music for your water garden party.
Cheeky Brian. <laughs> hey, Ken, how are you? Uh, fine. Hey, uh, Brian, I wanted to thank you for coming on to the Prince of Ponds and talking to us about music we can listen to as a part of our paradise. I, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. As you know, I'm a fan of yours. I've been listening to your podcast, and, and I just wanted to share with, with my listeners uh, just a fun site to go to and a fun podcast to listen to if they're inclined towards this sort of music. And frankly, I don't know, when I think of lagoons and waterfalls, I just naturally think of exotica music and island music. And you have this really fun podcast going on where you're introducing to the public again this kind of music from the 40s and, and 50s and 60s too, I guess. So I, I just wanted to, to play some of your music on my show and make sure people knew about it. So thanks for joining us for this. Well, sure. Thanks for having me, Ken. I uh, really appreciate it. And it's a pleasure. I'm um, starting to realize that there are quite a few people out there that like this music as much as I do. Yes, and it's 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 surprising and it's uh, it's fun. Uh, this is is this is totally all about fun as far as I'm concerned. I, I my personally, I, I'm going to ask you about how you got into this and. I, I want to share that, you know, I got into tiki music, I guess, when I was about eight years old because I never forgot that one of my greatest memories from childhood, this party my parents did for my sister, my older sister, she was having a sweet 16 party, and they used to do those things back then. Okay. Uh, this was uh, would have been in 50, uh, 58, or, or no, it was 1960 is when it was. So it was the summer of 1960, and my parents went all out. They First of all, they had these records. I, these records showed up, and one of them had a picture of a, a red, it's all in black and red, had a picture of a volcano on the cover. Oh, cool. And I love the music. It was really different from anything I heard because it was all, you know, it had this mixture of jungle music and exotic birds and monkeys and stuff. I mean, what kid could resist that kind of music? Exactly. And yeah. then they they went on to, they, they, my dad was like to build things, so sure enough, he, he built a, a bamboo hut in the backyard. In fact, he built two of them. We had these torches and these, these tiki statues they got to put in the garden. I mean, they just went all out. This was a heck of a party they had for my sister. And it was a lot of fun. All this unique, uh, all these props and all this music and these lays. And uh, it was just a, a big to-do and a lot of fun. And I just never forgot it. And I never forgot that album cover. And years went by, what, 20 years went by. And I'm in my late 20s. And every once in a while, I'd hear a, one of those songs on a radio station somewhere. And it just, it just took me a while to get the name of the song and find out who who wrote it. I, I think this was a, a Martin Denny album. Anyway, I, I searched down the old record, got a couple of old records, uh, old copies of those records. Fast forward to today, I mean, I spent most of my life building water features, and now they have all this stuff on DVDs, and I, I've been learning about it. In fact, it, it, I needed to to have some background sound effects and music for the for the museum, right. and that's when I got reintroduced to all this stuff again and found out there was a whole culture thing, a pop culture phenomenon in the United States that was centered around this. So it wasn't just my weird parents and their strange party, but apparently the whole American culture was into this stuff back then. So right. uh, tell us a little bit about you and how you got started or connected to this kind of music. Well, I tell you, um, when I was young, I really didn't know what the word tiki was or, or didn't know if I was going to like tiki. I didn't know what it was. I kind of, <laughs> when I was young, I liked shows like Gilligan's Island, loved Gilligan's Island. I just loved the fact that it took place <laughs> on this really cool tropical island and it had 
all these headhunters on there and, 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 and the palm trees and everything <laughs> tropical. And, and, you know, when I was young, uh-huh. I just lived for that show. I mean, I just, I couldn't miss one episode and I watched the reruns over the years <laughs> and stuff. And it's, it's still a great show, but you know, shows like that really got me into Tiki. But at the time I didn't know it was called Tiki. I just, I just knew that I liked that show. Yeah, the tropical stuff, yeah. When I was probably around 14, I took a trip to uh, to Walt Disney World with my parents. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was my first I was going to ask you if you had been to Disneyland and seen the Enchanted Tiki Room. Absolutely, yeah. and you know, so when I first came uh, to Walt Disney World, we were traveling around in the Magic Kingdom and we came across the uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room, and oh my God, that was like my favorite attraction. <laughs> me too. Me too. I loved it. It was right, right about the same age, somewhere around eight years of age, I guess, uh, when we went to Disneyland. And, and I just loved the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yeah. I just thought it was so great. And, and then even then, I really didn't know, obviously, you know, there wasn't, in my mind, a tiki scene. I just knew that I liked the Enchanted Tiki Room. I liked the music. I loved the theming. And so ever since I was young, um, that kind of stuck in my mind, that type of music and that that whole tiki aura uh you know just i just but enjoyed did, it now did you pursue that through through your your 20s and 30s and such or did you come back to it well i you know in my 20s and 30s i was actually a uh a nightclub dj um but i was playing dance music i was uh mixing records together and playing dance music but you know there was always an underlying thing in in the style of even the dance music that i played had lots of jungle rhythms, even some like island style sounds that were even mixed in my dance music. So even though I wasn't really hmm. in the tiki scene and playing Martin Denny or Les yeah. Baxter or any of those composers or, or, or any of that music, the dance music that I was playing did have lots of elements from uh, those composers. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it kind of... It kind of uh-huh. stuck with me even through my DJing years playing in dance clubs. And then just recently, I, I guess within the past five years, I really just explored Exotica and really got into the tiki scene and, and realized that there's a whole pop culture out there that really gets into this as much as I do. Well, I've learned that that's true. And and I think a lot of people are, are kind of like us where they were exposed to some of this stuff as kids and then it, you know, it kind of went away for a while and we went on to do other things. And then there's been this, uh, you know, kind of emphasis in, in the last 10 to 20 years on technology and computers and all this stuff. I think there's a lot of people that are, are rediscovering this kind of music and this phenomena that happened. And for the benefit of, of, of our listeners, I just want to mention that uh, this kind of music, how it came about. And then in fact, there was a, a quite a pop culture phenomena. That I, I assumed happened after World War II, after so many of Americans were sent overseas and sent into the Pacific and were exposed to the Hawaiian culture and then uh, all of Polynesia and the you know all the place all the right. islands they they had to visit and had bases and had uh, and had of course uh, battles they brought this kind of thing this interest back with them but to my surprise it actually started before then it started right. in the 30s and apparently it, it had a lot to do with Don the Beachcomber who was open this bar in in Hollywood and he's given credit for kind of launching the whole tiki culture thing. He opened a a restaurant, had this tropical theme. 
Don uh, Don Beach was his name, and he he called it Don the Beachcomber, and 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 most people I think have heard that name before. Well, he I believe that became a uh, series or a, a um, what I want to say a, f- a franchise of restaurants eventually. But uh, there's another fella up here in the Bay Area, uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, who uh, did a similar thing, uh, named Victor uh, Bergeron. Do you know how his name's pronounced? Not it's pronounced, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> he was known as Trader Vic. That's right. Trader Vic uh, yeah. started from there. and he-, he started a restaurant chain, and the two of them went head to head and were real competitors, apparently. Right, right. And they invented all these drinks and started serving them in these tiki mugs. They both claimed to have invented the Mai Tai and apparently had a, a, a quite a battle for years over who, who, who actually invented that particular drink. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's, it, that started back in the 30s. And then, of course, the World War II and that whole phenomenon in the Pacific and stuff. And then in, in, in 1959, I think it was... Hawaii became a became a state, and once again, you know, so so it kind of it just got it, it lasted from the 30s and 40s and 50s up into the early mm-hmm. 60s. Was quite a big deal, I guess. I think my parents were a little late in getting involved because <laughs> I don't remember seeing any of that tiki stuff around much before 1960. But uh, uh, yeah, apparently restaurants and bars. This was uh, buildings, uh, um, hotels, and motels, and uh, everybody was adopting this um, this tiki yes, uh, motif. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it it got so huge. I mean, it, it just kind of intertwined itself in all facets of life, and including the restaurants and the drinks and the music and the clothing. It just it just took off. Well, then they had the Tarzan movies, and uh, what else did they have back then? I know Les Baxter was the Hollywood version of this kind of music. Yes, yes, he was. And uh, some of his stuff, I think, is great. Some of it's uh, a little too advanced for me, frankly. (laughs) He he got pretty out there with some of his stuff, but he he was a very prolific producer, as I is from what I've learned. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've come across a couple of his uh, recordings. Uh, there's one in particular uh, called Passions, and uh, it's it's quite a treat to listen to. It's a little obscure, but it's definitely Les Baxter, and if you ever get a chance to listen to it, uh, I recommend it. In fact, I'll, I'll have to play one or two tracks on one of my um, upcoming episodes on my podcast, but he's, he's amazing. He really is. Well, I, I discovered Les Baxter through my uh, involvement with the Tropical Rainforest Museum because I, I kind of started, I kind of went backward through this, the growth of this kind of music. I mean, it kind of evolved over time. What I was more exposed to in, in current day, I call it current day, was the last decade, but um, it, it was more legitimate, authentic kinds of uh, jungle music. That is music that was uh, recorded of, of real natives in real jungles. You know, real indigenous uh, music, or at least music based on indigenous recordings. Arthur Lyman and Martin Denny, uh, they were... um, you know, it's more stylized and modernized. Uh, 
But that that to, that sounds more authentic to me than Les Baxter. Definitely sounds like big time Hollywood type stuff. Yes, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's really grand and fancy, and and uh, some of it's beautiful. Uh, most of it's very rhythmic, but somehow you can really tell it's Hollywood's interpretation. So, well, are we saying that all these different styles, all these different flavors of of tropical music, it's all considered um, tiki music? Is is that true? Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of left open to interpretation. I mean, to me, it, it is. There's a lot of discussion on what is classified as tiki music. I mean, I think it's more of a personal thing. What does it really mean to you? What styles of music do you include as tiki music? To me, Les Baxter, Martin Denny, Arthur Lyman, all of them, to me, obviously are considered tiki music. But I like to kind of go even outside the box and think that even like island music, like steel drums and... Even native chanting and stuff to me is mm-hmm. is tiki music. So it's, I think it's up to the individual to decide what tiki music is to them. Well, it certainly encompasses really quite. Once you learn a little bit about it, you, you find out it's really a lot of different kinds of music. Yes. I mean, uh, Hawaiian is very distinctive. Island music's a little broader than Hawaiian because you can throw some of your other Polynesian type music in there. They're they're from islands also, right? And then exotica to me seems like even a bigger, more encompassing kind of uh, of of name that includes you know jungle drums and all you know more I don't know primitive and rhythmic type music mm-hmm. that's not necessarily related to islands. Right. And anyway, just trying to figure all this out. It's a little, it's a little complex, but it, it certainly is fun. I, I used to just call it all jungle music. I guess most people would call it tiki music. Yeah, I've always always enjoyed that kind of music, and it all seems to go uh, go real well with water features. Yes, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your show. Now, your your show's been going for a little while. You you have five is it five episodes produced now? Uh, yes, I just uh, just released my fifth episode. Basically, I call it the Exotic Tiki Island Podcast. It's just a make-believe island that I just kind of came up with. We visit the island. We travel back in time. And once we get to the island, I kind of just kind of lead you around to different places on the island. We'll visit places like the Hurricane Hut Lounge. Got the, um, oh gosh, we got Enchanted Falls. We've got the Virgin Volcano. Uh, We even travel up to Voodoo Peak and listen to some uh, natives perform an exotic ritual. So there's lots of just fun places that I created on this island. You know, when we get to each different place, I'll play music from my record collection that kind of fits the theme of that particular place that we're visiting. Right, and you do such a good job of it. I got to tell you, when I when I heard your first episode, I go, oh, this is kind of corny. This is, I, I don't know if I like this or not, but by the second episode, I was hooked. And I, I, it's, just, it's great fun, and you do such a good job of it. I mean, it's obvious that you have some experience in this as a DJ. You, you certainly have, you do a very professional job. It's very, very well done. And, of course, a lot of podcasts aren't necessarily very professionally produced, but you do an excellent job, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's fun hearing your, the characters you throw. And you also throw in some vintage commercials, which are really fun. Some yes. of which I, I knew, you know, they, they sound so vintage, and yet I, I haven't even heard them before. But from Kodak and other oh, Pepsi, yeah. I think, and, and other 
companies. I, I don't know where you get those ads, but they're really fun to listen to. Yeah, they, you know, that was just something I just decided, you know, as I was making the podcast, I figured, you know what, why not throw in some fun vintage commercials too? So I just kind of started looking around and I came across some great uh, commercials that just fit the show. So I just kind of tossed them in there and uh, and the feedback I've gotten from them has been really well received. So as long as I can keep finding more, I'll continue to put more in the show. It's time for a quick break. We'll be right back. Prince of Pawns will be right back after these messages. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash best and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash best, B-E-S-T. Welcome to Pet Tech, the podcast show about new technologies to help us care for our pets. I am your host, Ken Jones. Welcome to the show that helps you apply today's technology to make the care of your pets easier, safer, and more fun. I am the Pet Tech Guy, and this is the program where we talk about electronic tracking devices, high-tech nutrition, aquarium gear, filter systems, heating, lighting, computer controls, and much, much more. The new Pet Tech Show is available as a free podcast from PetLifeRadio.com, beginning in February of 2012. It is created as one of the new media production services of Ken Jones. Sponsorships are available. Enjoy Pet Tech. Pet Tech. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And now we return to the show. 
Yeah, it's a challenging path I think you've chosen for yourself. I, it would be for me, but I, I love how you're doing it, and it's, it's great fun. And uh, this has grown out of your collection of LPs, of records, and you, and you told me you had over 750 of them? Yeah, that's uh, last count. <laughs> that's got to fill up a few shelves. <laughs> yes, it does. It definitely does. And, uh, you know... I started out. I started out liking, uh, you know, just the graphics on, on these LP covers, and and I just started buying them just strictly for the graphics, not really the music. Um, I'm I, I'm a graphic artist, uh, uh-huh. uh, as my full time job, graphic artist slash uh, uh, website designer, and right. um, so I was attracted to the graphics on the covers. Um, so I would go to thrift stores and just buy these records, these Hawaiian records and Exotica records for a dollar a piece and just for the graphics. And then from there, I just figured, well, let me throw one on the turntable and see what it sounds like. And, you know, it just kind of took me back to the old Gilligan's Island days where I was watching Gilligan's Island and loving that type of music and took me back to Disney World, to the Enchanted Tiki Room and all that style of music. And it just took off from there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and, and you, um, you you found most of these at, at, at like garage sales, right? You've just been kind of scavenging these albums up, and you've computerized this collection, as I understand. You've got it all in a database. In fact, you've got so many records. Yes, I do. Um, I've uh, you got so many yeah, records. When you go out shopping, you have to check your own database to see what if you have it yet or not. Yeah, and right? at this point, that's exactly right because you know with wow. hundred records, <laughs> yeah. I quickly forget which ones I do have right. and which ones I don't have. And even even um, you know, there's different versions of the same album that come out. There's a mono version that would come out, and then a stereo version. And sometimes the two were actually uh, they're different versions. They the, the musicians actually would go back into the studio and re-record the whole album in stereo just to have a stereo version of it. So it's kind of fun finding the mono version and then finding the stereo version and then comparing the two and listening to the differences. Mm, yeah. Wow. Well, when you think about they, they were doing the, this was kind of popular over here in the United States for, for nearly 30 years. Um, that was time to, that, that was enough time to produce a lot of albums. And, and just how many albums do you think there are? I, I asked you at one point if you thought you had most of them by now. Yeah. You know, I don't, um, you know, there's, I would say, oh gosh, for every, every one that I own, there's probably at least a hundred or so that I don't own. I mean, there's, <laughs> it, it's, you know, when you do a search on the internet for just Hawaiian LPs, or even if you just do it on eBay alone, you'll get thousands of search results of all these different types of Hawaiian music, Polynesian music, Exotica. And it's just, it's, it's really in the thousands. It's, it's amazing. Wow. What what are some of your favorites uh, among the different types of tiki music? Um, well, I do have a couple different ones that uh, kind of stick out in my mind that are that I would consider my favorites. One in particular is uh, the song "Adventures in Paradise," sung by Bing Crosby, the great Bing Crosby. Um, I love that track. It just uh, reminds me of what is tiki to me. You know, it's just uh, it's it's a nice uh, slow. Uh, song that just kind of puts you on the beach with the palm trees and just makes you thinking about getting away from uh, today's hectic pace and traveling back in time to an island with no worries and just letting all your troubles drift away. So that's that's a perfect song for that, for me anyway. He was good at that, wasn't he? Creating that kind of atmosphere. I have known 
one we're going to hear now at the Barefoot Bar. Yes, yes. The Barefoot Bar by the Polynesians. What a fun song. Um, you know, I, I, I play that song when I have friends over in my uh, tiki hut and we'll have a barbecue and I'll put on some Hawaiian music and, and that song always seems to get them, get them up and moving around. It's just, a, it's just a fun track. It's great for your backyard barbecue or tiki hut or just for fun. So yeah, it's, it's a great song. Now there's a place in Hawaii where lovers can go Where gentle trade winds and palm trees just sway to and fro Follow the crowd and soon they walk Enjoying the pleasures of the barefoot ball A cute wahine will greet you and say hello there As when the music starts playing you lose all your care And there you are as bright as a star at the Be happy and gay 
chant that's that's a classic isn't it the hawaiian war chant obviously is uh, one of the greatest most recognizable hawaiian songs of all time the uh the version that i like the uh the best is by lonnie mcintyre when i heard that version for the first time i tell you it just it took me back uh to when i was a little kid and and i was at the magic kingdom in disney world you know at the disney's enchanted tiki room show the chanting that uh, is in this track, Hawaiian War Chant from uh, Lonnie McIntyre, is pretty much identical to the same chanting that goes on in the Disney Enchanted Tiki Room show. So when I heard that, it just really, really made me uh, think that, wow, this is this is one of my favorite songs. Hey, 
one is um iolana yes i believe that's how it's pronounced iolana by milt raskin he's uh to me he is my favorite exotica composer or artist um uh that particular song it it, i tell you it it just it reminds me of walking in a dark jungle uh with birds calling and and uh you know the moon shining high in the sky and and uh you know, maybe there might even be some headhunters off in the distance. It's just, it's just a great mood song. Um, but I tell you, one of the best things about it is the, is the flutes that are in the song. They're, they're almost hypnotizing when you hear it. My pick for one of the best Exotica composers out there would definitely be Milt Raskin. Yeah, give it a listen. I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Thank you. 
get more familiar with that producer, Milt Raskin. I've been pretty limited to to Arthur Lyman and, and Martin Denny and, and Les Baxter. Of those three, uh, Arthur Lyman's music is my favorite. I like his style better. It's just smoother and a little more sophisticated, I think. As my, some people may know, Arthur Lyman was a uh, was in Martin Denny's band. He was so uh, his uh, his keyboardist. He did he did the um, vibraphones. The vibraphones, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then he broke off and started his own band, and using a lot of the same ideas that Martin Denny kind of pioneered. But yeah. I think he just took it to the next level, in my opinion. I've always yeah. uh, thought he was a little bit a little bit better uh, uh, produced. Yes. But uh, this uh, tiki music includes other kinds of things we really haven't mentioned. It, it, it's uh, dawned on me, for instance, we left out surf music, which we think of, I think, uh, is often thought of as kind of a California phenomenon. Right. But it, it kind of fits in here too, doesn't it? And you've had some surf music on your uh, on your podcasts. Yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, you know, this tiki music can really be anything you want it to be. And, and, you know, when I hear surf music and as well as anyone else, I think when you hear it, you think of the beach and you think about surfing. So, you know, it's all part of the, uh, to me, the tiki movement and, and the island, the island feel and the, and the theming and everything. So, Hey, why not? Why not add surfing music to, to the podcast and, and why not uh, group it in with tiki music? And some of that exotica music has African stuff in it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yes. It's a lot oh. of fun. Yes. Well, tell our, tell our listeners where else can they, uh, where, where can they learn more about the tiki culture if they wanted to learn, learn more about that or, or, or about this kind of music? In addition to, of course, your website, where else can people go to learn about this stuff? Well, I tell you, one of the best places, one of the best resources on the Internet is, uh, is a website called uh, TikiCentral.com. And it is basically, it's, uh, it's a great place where thousands of people go and, and, and post uh, uh, different things all about the, uh, the tiki culture, all about the, uh, the, the tiki culture and modern Polynesian pop. Um, so <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking to get any uh, information about upcoming events, about tiki events, or if you're looking to get information about tiki music or, or even creating your own tiki bar or tiki-themed environment, then uh, Tiki Central is definitely uh, a great place to visit. That's terrific. So that's TikiCentral, just like it sounds, dot com. That's correct. And uh, you mentioned another one to me called Konakai.com. Yeah, the Konakai.com. Um, that's another great resource. Um, it has basically it's a website that lists lots of links to different uh, tiki uh, resources. So if you're looking uh, to get a nice list of uh, links of uh, tiki websites, then the Konakai.com is definitely uh, worth your visit. Great. And what about this bookoftiki.com? I haven't been there. What's that like? Well, yeah, that when I kind of came across that one pretty recently, and, and I like it a lot because it talks about what uh, people are doing in today's world about uh, you know, about the tiki culture and, and, and the advances in contemporary tiki. So it's a great resource if you're looking to, you know, uh, know about what's happening here and now, not so much more of the history of tiki, but what does it mean now? What's the tiki pop culture in, in 2012 mean? <laughs> Is it coming back? I would like to think so. Um, you know, to some people, I don't think it ever left. 
<laughs> but I do think that it kind of maybe, in my opinion, it kind of maybe sizzled down a little bit. But I think in recent years, it really has started to come back. And, um, you know, I just think there's always going to be a demand for that tiki pop culture, which, you know, makes me happy. Yeah, well, me too. I, I, I don't know if it ever left. I'm sure for some people it never did. It, it kind of did for me. But I got to tell you, coming back to it has been a, been a lot of fun. I've always been interested in the tropics. I've always had an interest in exotic animals and exotic plants. I grow orchids and I, I, I have macaw parrots as pets. And, and this just all fits in with, with all the things I, I love about good old Mother Earth. It's great fun. It's great fun. And I, uh, I, I want to thank you, Tiki Brian, for bringing it back uh, for those of us who, who have been away from it to reintroduce us to this kind of music. To bring it all together in one place in your podcast is just a real gift. And I, I hope all of my listeners will, will check it out and be sure to take a listen and enjoy the Exotic Tiki Island podcast. And to find you, they can simply um, Google Tiki Brian. That's right. Sure. Just and, get on Google and Tiki Brian, and I should show up probably you, within the first couple of You, you should. Come on now. You're being modest. I, I just checked it out today, and you take over the entire page. You, you've got the, you, you have bought out Google or something out of five million possible answers. You are on just about, you're just about every one on the first page. So uh, I'm, we're going to talk later about how you did that trick. I, I, I'd like to learn that one. But, uh, yes, it's a great way to, to um, find out more. And uh, with 750 albums to pull from, I think we'll probably be hearing more of your music. I sure hope so. Absolutely. I want to thank you for joining us here on Prince of Ponds and sharing this with our audience. And I, I hope everyone uh, gets a chance to have some fun with some of this music. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Ken. You take care. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye-bye. Now tell your friends and family about the new Prince of Pawns podcast. Invite them to tune in, and I would so much appreciate you leaving a review comment on iTunes and voting for the show. This is a brand new show, you know, so we could use the boost. I have been remiss to not mention this before, but for those of you who could use some help with your projects, I want you to know that I am available for hourly consulting or project supervision. Just shoot me an email. You can reach me by email at ken at princeofpawns.com. I would love to hear about your project. Until next time, splash me. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.